Good afternoon. Evening. evening, yes. It's evening, afternoon. It's Sunday, the Lord's Day. Amen. Welcome. Uh, it's, uh, it's my honor to welcome you to the uh, ordination ceremony for uh, Mr. Roy Radney coming to Deacon tonight. And uh, that's just a wonderful thing. And uh, so thankful to have him here and uh, be able to serve with him. And uh, Miss Amber as well, because you have a part in this too. So, uh, you ready? All right, I know you are. So let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll begin the ceremony. Dear Heavenly Father, we, uh, again, we thank you for another wonderful day, and we thank you for another opportunity to be here in your house, Father, and, and to just honor you and give you all the glory and everything. And uh, we just ask that you send your Holy Spirit down here with us and uh, be with us and, and guide us and direct us and uh, just just watch over us, Father. And uh, let us always be in your will. Father, we lift up our prayers to you this evening. You know who's on our hearts and minds. You know who needs love, care. Just be with each and every one, Father, and... Uh, we lift up all our praises to you as well. There's so many things that uh, you give us each and every day. You give us life, and we thank you for that. And Father, uh, be with the Radneys this evening. And uh, we're just so thankful for them. And uh, we just uh, ask you to be with them as they, they start this new chapter in their lives, Father. And uh, let, us, let them and let all of us glorify you in everything we do, Father. Again, we thank you for everything, and we, we thank you for Jesus. And it's his name we pray. Amen. 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 So I am uh, Terry Hartman. I'm the chairman of the deacons. And we had a presbytery this evening. Uh, we asked Roy some questions this evening, and uh, he's good to go. But uh, <laughs> no, um, we're we're definitely uh, happy to have him, happy to serve with him, and you know, as as mentioned, after a time of testing and examination, the fellowship of the deacons at Pine Hill Baptist Church make the recommendation to proceed with the ordination service of Roy Radney. So, Got a text from a preacher earlier in the week and said that uh, here's two hymns that Roy would like for us to sing tonight. And uh, I looked at them real quick and said, oh, yeah, we know all those. And then I get here tonight, and uh, it's not in the hymn book. So uh, uh, Jason's going to try to have it on the screen. And on the first one, the second one is in your hymn book. But uh, the first one will be what a day that will be. coming a day when the Lord shall come no more clouds in the sky no more tears to dim the eye on his peace forevermore on that happy golden shore what a day glorious day that will be what a day 
Good to see y'all, y'all. I'm a bit nervous, so forgive me if I stumble. Uh, I want to give my testimony. Uh, my parents had me in church since before I could remember. Some of my earliest memories in life are right here at this church on these grounds. Uh, and they kept me in church up until I was 16 or so. Uh, I got saved. I don't remember what age, but it was six or seven or eight. Uh, and I had questions when they asked me to be a deacon. I, I wondered, was I truly saved? But I do remember the feeling I had. When I got saved, I felt Jesus come into my, my soul, and, and he's been there ever since. I hadn't always listened to him, but he's been there ever since. Well, time went on. Uh, we changed churches, went to Long Branch Baptist Church, and uh, I attended there, and, and we were very active in that church as well. Uh, time went on, and I became a teenager. I became about 16, got a driver's license, and uh, well, the world started taking over. I started making bad decisions. Time went on, the decisions got worse and worse, uh, and then I got married, and God wasn't involved, so that marriage eventually didn't last, uh, but I had a whole bunch of kids, a whole bunch of them, as y'all know, <laughs> and God, God blessed me with some great kids, uh, but time went on, and, and my decisions got worse and worse, and I got more and more worldly, and I didn't lead my family right, I didn't lead my children right, and uh but anyway, I finally, one day, after about 15 or so years of, of being worldly, I, I met Amber. And throughout all that time, there were certain people that, that saw me in public. We'd see at Walmart or, or at school functions, and Mr. Sonny Lee was one of them. That always, uh, he always stayed on me about getting back in church. Told me I needed to have my kids in church and needed to be in church. And, you know, it got to the point where, golly, I hope I don't see Sonny Lee today. <laughs> But anyway, finally one day, me and Amber decided we were going to get back in church. And, and Sonny and, and other people pressured me so much that I couldn't go nowhere else. It had to be here. And I'm so glad I started coming here. And for the first year or so coming back, I just warmed a pew. I was here, and I, I came, you know, a lot, but wasn't really involved. Well, then... The, 
Hurricane Michael came. And we buried my daughter right out here in this cemetery. And y'all, that sealed the deal for me. I had to be right. I had to go to heaven so I could be with my daughter. So I just made up my mind that I was going to do whatever it had, I had to do. And I got active. And one day, somebody came up and asked me to teach Sunday school. And y'all, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm sure Eli and, and other kids in my class thought I was the worst Sunday school teacher they ever had. We just read the Bible. I didn't really have a whole lot of insight about it. But I surprised myself. I knew a lot of those Bible stories, and I knew more than I gave myself credit for. Well, time went on, and, and I got more and more involved, and uh, I was asked to be a deacon. And for the longest time, I, I, I didn't take the offer. I didn't think I was worthy. I didn't think I was ready. But my mom and dad, Sonny Lee, a lot of y'all that are here today, and God saw something in me that I didn't see. So I decided to uh, take the offer and be a deacon. And, uh, and I'm, I'm glad I'm making the choice. It, it, I take it as an honor to serve God. I take it as an honor to serve you at this church. And I want to thank y'all for thinking so highly of me. And again, I consider it an honor to serve you guys. Thank you. next one is in your hymn book and turn to hymn number 10 please 10 
how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. When Christ shall come, which out of acclamation, and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration, and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art. How great thou art, then sing my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Brother Roy, it's amazing how people can see potential in you, isn't it? Jesus Christ saw potential in uh, his disciples uh, that they didn't even see. I mean, they, they were way more after he got through with them than before, wasn't he? Amen. It's an honor to be with you this evening. Uh, it's great to see this many people in uh, God's house on Sunday evening. It's a, a blessing to be here. I want to share a few things with you because this is a very humbling and emotional evening. It's a humbling emotional for Roy and Amber, but it's also for the church. And so this evening, I'm going to share with you a couple passages of scripture, one from uh, Acts and one from Timothy. But it has to do with the church, it has to do with the deacon, and also has to do with the deacon's wife. And so each of these are going to be specific. I want to share a few things with you. And I shared with the deacons in the presbytery uh, before uh, about how uh, secondary to uh, my ordination as a minister, my ordination as a deacon was very humbling for me. And it was a very emotional time for me, and I, I certainly remember that. Deacons are very important to me. They're very important to the church, and they're very important to God. So I want to share some passage, some scripture with you to start with. It comes out of... Uh, Acts, Acts 6, verses 1 through 7. This is Luke writing in Acts, and this is very pertinent information. So listen to these words that, that Dr. Luke wrote. Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. This is an important passage of Scripture. You think about it. There's, there's a surplus. There's people growing. There's people coming to know the Lord, but yet there's still issues within the church. Verse 2 says this, So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, 
and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid hands on them. The word of God kept spreading, and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many priests were becoming obedient in the faith. The role of deacon is a valuable, it's a most important aspect, it's a most important position within the church and within the body of believers. You think it, I want you to understand exactly what this means, and that's what we're going to talk about this evening. I want to share with you what we believe is the origin of the deacon. This passage of scripture is where we get the origin of the deacon. It doesn't specifically say deacon in the scripture, but it's what we believe to be the first seven men chosen by the apostles to serve as deacons. And that's where we're going to talk about this evening. And in Acts, Luke draws attention to a time in history specific to the early church when not everything was working smoothly in the church. Can you imagine things not working smoothly in a church? Amen. Things typically work a lot of times just a little bit bumpy, but in this particular time, things were not working smoothly in the church. We see the apostles were obediently fulfilling the roles that Jesus had given them. He had charged them to teach, to preach, to baptize, to, to disciple, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. He had told the apostles to go and show unconditional love, to heal. He had given them all kinds of responsibilities to do, and they were doing that. They thought that their ministry was a priority that God had given them, and they were fulfilling the priority that he had given them of sharing the good news. However, the proclamation of God's message did not come without difficulty. It didn't come without certain struggles within the, the body of believers, among the people who were receptive to the good news. They were believers. They were, they were part of the community. They worshiped God, but yet they were a certain group of people who were being neglected. They were being overlooked in what the Bible says, the daily proportion of food. The basic needs that they were longing for were being inadvertently overlooked. The problem that Luke is revealing to us is that a group of widows were not being adequately taken care of. They're not being adequate. Now we talk about the deacons. What of our deacons, our first priority in Pine Hill Baptist Church? I can ask the deacons, who are, who are top on our list as far as caring for? Who do we take care of first? Widows. widows. Now what the scripture says? The widows. That's the first ones that we have a list of, of widows and widowers that we, take for, that we take seriously, that we make sure that we minister to, that we make sure that we know how they're doing and if they have any needs, they're not going to be overlooked. From that point, we trickle down to the other families, to family members. They're all important to each of us, but that's what the Scripture tells us, that we want to make sure nobody is inadequately cared for. The complaints among the Hellenistic Jews revealed significant tension in the Jewish community. Now, when we read this passage of Scripture, it reveals to us two important, two critical realities of the early church. Let's look at this. It's in verse 1. It says, the first, there was a noticeable growth of number of disciples becoming believers. Man, there was a surplus of people that were coming to know the Lord, which is a great thing. There was a lot of people following in Jesus. There were a lot of people turning their lives over to him. People were coming to Jesus. But secondly, there was a management problem. Now, I'm not saying 
saying that deacons are managers. I'm not saying that that's what they need to be doing. They're not administrators. They're servant leaders. But in this particular passage, there was a management problem because the growth was happening so fast. It was causing issues. There were so many people that that they were not being cared for and they were not being ministered to. And that's what makes it important this, this evening. The complaint revealed a discontentment among the believers and it eventually reached the apostles. It eventually got to the, to the leaders of the early church, those that were the apostles, those that Jesus had trained, those he had sent out. This information got to them, and they knew that something had to be done. We know that all aspects of ministry have significant value. Sunday school teachers, worshipers, deacons, elders, pastors, it's in the scriptures. They all have significant value, and they all have significant purposes, and they all are independent. However, Individual human tendencies often lead the servant leader to feel that one area has a higher priority over the other. You ever heard of that? My position is more important than your position. And I'm saying that's what happens here, but that's what happens a lot of times. Many people take on the role of deacon because they want to be a leader in the church. They say the deacons run the church. It is a deacon-led church. That's what a lot of people think that deacons are supposed to do. They run the church. Well, let me tell you something. They run for service. Deacons are servant leaders of the church. They don't run the church. They serve the church. Servant leaders must examine their ministries to ensure that no area of ministry is overlooked. While all ministry aspects are equally important, the servant ministry aspect of caring for God's people is a responsibility to all Christians. We're all in this together. We're all to make disciples. We're all to evangelize. We're all to make sure that no lead need is overlooked. Even the deacons spot, but Christians in, in the same role. The apostles made the role of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ their priority. That's what God had char charged them to do. He wanted them to share the good news of Jesus Christ. They made it their priority. That was their primary role. However, they didn't take this issue that was before them lightly. When they got this information about their people being overlooked, it was important to them. They didn't just blow it off. They knew that this is something that's got to be dealt with. But let's look at this. They sought a solution to the dilemma while not compromising their primary ministry. They didn't take away from their primary ministry to, to do this. And you've got to understand this. They said, select seven men from where? From among you. They didn't say, we're going to select seven men for you. They said, among you, you select seven men and bring them to us. You select them among you, you choose them. A select group of men would be chosen to fulfill the servant leadership role, and we refer to that as the deacon. Y'all follow me so far? I've only got 45 more minutes. This is important to me. I don't know if y'all realize that or not, but this is something that's super important to me. When I, when I look at Roy, and I know Roy's background, and I've only been here 14 months, but I've watched Roy. I've watched Amber. I've watched that family. I've seen how he leads his family now, and that's what makes it important to me. This isn't, when you look at characteristics, when you look at qualifications, there's some people say, Roy's not qualified to be a deacon. 
When I look at qualifications, when I read the Bible and interpret the Bible and I see how God looks at this in one area aspect, I say Roy is qualified to serve as a deacon. Deacons are men who are chosen to handle a task of servant leadership. And the Bible says, listen to this, these men should be above reproach. You know what that means? These men should be above reproach. That means they're free from sinful habits. doesn't mean they're free from sin because we're all sinners saved by grace it means that they're free from sinful habits and behaviors which is what Roy just explained to you what his life used to be like how it has changed to what it is now above reproach that's what it means it says it goes on to say and this is in the scripture they have to have a good reputation a good reputation within the church and within the community. Somebody asked him to teach Sunday school. And he said it was Jackie Sessions. Was that who it was? Somebody saw in Roy that, that he could be a Sunday school teacher. Let me tell you something. You know how hard it is to get people to teach Sunday school? How many of y'all want to teach Sunday school? Hold your hand up and we'll get a, a list going right now. Somebody saw it in Roy. Chosen to handle the task. They have to be good reputation. They have to have a good standing within the church. These individuals need to be, this is scripture, they need to be spirit-led and utterly dependent on the Holy Spirit for their decisions. They don't make the decisions on their own. They can make decisions, but they bathe them in prayer. When we make a decision, with it, wherever, whatever level it is, it's bathed in prayer. We have communication with each other. We have communication with the Father. It's spirit-led. The role of deacon to, is to assist the pastor in the ministry aspects of the church. The Bible says that it is required of these men to be individuals who are influenced by the Holy Spirit and have wisdom. That's what the scripture says. Men who have essential characteristics of wisdom. Now let me ask you this. <coughs> Where does wisdom come from? Where do we get, huh? Experience. All right, we can get experience, but where does godly wisdom come from? From the Bible. From God's Word, from studying the Word. That's the wisdom we're talking about, led from the Holy Spirit. These men are chosen, would be men who found full of the Spirit and wisdom, godly wisdom. You can get wisdom from experience. You can get wisdom from learning things. You get wisdom from making a mistake and knowing I'm not going to make that mistake again. And that's, that's a form of wisdom, isn't it? Huh? All right? But godly wisdom is what we have to be full of godly wisdom, which means we got to be in God's Word to gain godly wisdom. Godly wisdom don't just come by osmosis. It comes by being in his word, by studying his word, by being in prayer. The seven men chosen were to assist the apostles at the task of fulfilling the role of serving through ministry. And they were not ordained to a position, but they were commissioned to a specific mission of meeting the widow's needs, which was inadvertently being overlooked by their basic needs. They were commissioned. We ordain them because that's what it says we're going to do. We're going to lay hands on them because that's what the Bible says that they did, the, the 12 did for the seven. But yet, it's a commissioning. It's not to be taken lightly. This is not a role. This is not something that's to be taken lightly. This is a very significant role. The title of deacon is not given to the seven during this passive scripture. As I told you, however, it is apparent that these men were willing to be humble servants to meet a critical need in the Christian community. Those are the two words that stand out above anything else. The word humble and the word servant. When you look at those words, it's humble. 
to stand in this pulpit is humbled, that God would even choose me to stand in this pulpit. And I shared that with, with the deacons, that, Roy, you're going to stand in God's pulpit, just like, just like Wesley stands in God's pulpit to lead you. This is his pulpit, and to be standing in his pulpit is very humbling, that he would even allow us to do it or even ask us to do it. But these people were meeting a need. The responsibility of carrying out the God-given ministry of the early church was a serious matter, and it continues to be a serious matter in the church today. It is not an area of ministry that should be taken lightly or taken for granted. The early church placed emphasis on prayer and proclaiming the Word of God. What do we do today? And we place emphasis on prayer. We place emphasis on the fact that prayer is communication with God the Father. We should be in prayer continually. Let me tell you that. And I'm not saying that that's a 24-7 project. But we need to be in prayer continually. We need to be in prayer for this church. We need to be in prayer for the deacon ministry. That's what the early church did. They proclaimed the word of God, and they were in prayer. And let me tell you, in 2023, it's the same today as it was in the early church. However, it was, it was most important to ensure that the poor were not neglected from material and physical assistance. Now, let's look at this. Acts 6, 1 through 7, which is what we just read, it represents the first deacons who served the Christian ministry. Now, this passage of Scripture gives a basic understanding of what the characteristics of a true servant leader should look like. It is imperative that we all understand that the role of deacon is a position of service and not a title and not an administrative position within the church congregation. The deacon is a valuable asset to the ministry of God's church. Deacons fulfill a much-needed role in ministering to the needs of people in a church congregation. Deacons have a valuable role in assisting and supporting the pastor in various ministry duties and commonly difficult for the pastor to do alone. Let me tell you something. The pastor is only one person, and the deacons really fill a role. They fill a void. When a pastor finds himself spread too thin to fulfill the ministry, a supportive group of men come alongside him, and it's a valuable asset to the pastor. Let me tell you something. The pastor can't be in two places at one time. Here, recently, I was at Archbowl and needed to be at TMH at the same time. Imagine that. But deacons took the role. I was at Archbowl, and two deacons went to TMH at the same time. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? Amen. Amen. We don't overlook it. Deacons are servants. They, they, they fill in with the pastor. They help the pastor. But it's a servant position. Through the inspired writings of the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy, we see the qualifications that are required to fill the role of deacon. These qualifications are going to be for the deacon and for the deacon's wife. Listen to these words that Paul writes in 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 13. Deacons, likewise, should be worthy of respect not hypocritical, not drinking a lot of wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. They must also be tested first. If they prove blameless, then they can serve as deacons. Wives, likewise, should be worthy of respect, not slanderous, self-controlled, faithful in everything. Deacons are to be husbands of one wife, managing their children in their own households com com competitively, competently, for those who have served well as a deacon acquire a good standing for themselves and great boldness in the faith of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. I told Roy and I talked to the deacons. 
When you become a deacon, it's, a step, it's another step of ministry. And God holds your feet to the fire. He holds us accountable at a different level as a deacon. He holds me at a different level for uh, as being the pastor. There's different levels of uh, what he's counting on us to do. And when that happens, when he holds our feet to the fire, then he expects more from us. We need to commit more to him. Let's look at this. This is focused on the deacon, Roy. Scripture gives a clear understanding of the role of deacon, which is equally important when compared to the pastor. It is equally important because of the significance that it has of being a servant. The office of deacon is to be used, not just filled. It's not just a position. It is a position of service that is to be used. It is a position of service in our church and to our Lord Jesus Christ. It is an active role within the church. The deacon is to work alongside the pastor in guiding the affairs of the church and serving the needs of God's people. He is a person who must be a man of his word. He is a person who should be a person of clean conscience, living what he professes. He must be tested, which is what has taken place over the last several months, because this level of service in God's people is a position not to be taken lightly. It is a serious role. It is a position of service, not a position of power. There's a numerous names mentioned in the Bible where God tested men for a period of time before he ever gave them any authority to do anything. He tested them to make sure they could stand the pressures, that they could handle the position. He talked about that in Scripture. The English word for deacon originates in the Greek word diakonias, and that word means service. It means servant service. That's what it talks about. The deacon's role is simply that of a humble service. Now, Amber, listen up. This is where the scripture talks about the wife. Scripture further gives a clear indication of the role and the qualifications of the deacon's wife. She is a major part of his ministry, for godliness must begin in the home. Her role is an important role that she fulfills, and scripture states that she, too, must be worthy of respect. Her support for her husband is priceless. She is the prayer warrior that stands behind his ministry. In my years of serving as a deacon, uh, 25 plus years, I could always count on Patty being my prayer warrior. She was the one who stood behind me and prayed for me and strengthened me. She is still my prayer warrior today. She is the one who's helped me through thick and thin. Now let's look at this. The charge of the deacon is two parts. It is a charge for the church family and it's a charge for Roy and Amber and I'm going to talk through you just for a second about the church family and brother Myron brought this up in our presbytery when he talked about the church family because that's what I want to talk to you about as well my relationship with Roy and his family has grown significant over the past year my relationship with this church has grown significantly over the same period of time God has given me a passion for this church that burns deep within my heart. And over the last year, I have had the opportunity to see God working in the life of Roy Radney and Amber Radney. And I have seen God moving in the lives of many of you, many people in this church. I've seen the work that he's done through you and seen the excitement that you have had 
in serving him as well. And he's given us an opportunity to join him on his mission. You know, we have, I've pressed that evangelism thing. I've pressed that disciple-making thing because we're not to sit idle. We're to be on mission for God. And that's what we want to do in the upcoming year. And as important as the role of deacon is, and as important as the role of the deacon's wife is, the role of the church family is equally important. God has built his church on the rock jesus christ and he has given his church the charge to share the gospel to the four corners of the world through the combined efforts of the church body of believers god's mission will be fulfilled on this earth the role of the church is that of a family it's that of a church family that's why i refer to it as my church family the church family is a family unit that comes together and stands behind the mission of god's church it's his church and we're his family it's a family that stands behind the deacon and his ministry and lifts him up in prayer. Satan places a target on every Christian's back. John 10.10, 10, Satan come to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. Satan wants to destroy the family. He wants to destroy God's church. He wants to disrupt God's people. But God, the, the power of God can overcome anything. The responsibility of the church, listen up, is to be in prayer and to lift each member of the deacon ministry up in prayer. I challenge you as the church to be in constant prayer for the ministries of this church and specifically for Amber as she supports Roy and for their ministry together and for Roy as he begins this level of service to God and his people, Pine Hill Baptist Church. If you agree to support this challenge that I have placed before you this evening, Will you respond by saying, we will? As a church family, the body of believers, we want to be found faithful in everything. Brother Roy, it's a great honor to be your pastor, to be able to give you the charge to serve with the fellowship of deacons at Pine Hill Baptist Church. It's a servant role, and I personally take very seriously, and you know that because of our conversations. There's no question about it, is there? No question about it. It's a servant role that I take seriously and I don't take it lightly. And I challenge you to fill this role in the manner in which God intended it to be filled. It's not a role to be taken lightly because God places a greater responsibility on those who serve in this capacity. He expects more of us, and as a result, we should, have, we should be able to give him and have a desire to give him more of ours, ourselves. Roy... If you accept this challenge before you this evening, will you respond by saying, I will? I want you to know, brother, how much I appreciate your willingness to serve your Lord and to serve his church. And I look forward to serving alongside you and as we serve together. Pray with me. Father God, I come before you this evening. God, I just lift up your name. God, we praise your name. God, what an awesome time it is to come into your house. God, for the purpose of ordination of a brother. God, a servant that wants to step it up to another level. God, I pray that you bless upon this, this ordination service. God, I pray that you bless Brother Roy and Amber and their family. God, I pray that you comfort him, that you give him the strength that he needs to move forward in the service role that has been placed into the, in the, within this church. And God, I, I love you. And God, I thank you for what you do for this church. I thank you for what you've done for us so far. And God, we lift up your name and we praise you for it. And it's your son's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Let me give you some, some instructions now.
We're going to have the laying on the hands. Amber, if you've wondered, the chair is for you, and the, the cushion is for Roy. So, Terry, if you'll lay that cushion out, if I can get Roy and Amber to come on up. And then all ordained men are invited to be part of the laying on of the hands. If you'll start on this wall over here, and I had asked Mr. Gene if he would be the first in our line. So if we'll put Mr. Gene in first, and then all ordained men line up on the wall over here. And instructions, you come and you pray with Brother Roy and Miss Amber, and you lay whatever's on your heart. All right?
Um, just wanted to, before I pray, I just want to invite you all to come back to the uh, fellowship hall for some food in the back. Um, just, uh, you can make your way through this door over here. If you want to go through the back, just make your way around the other side of the church and, uh, we just welcome you and, uh, hope you feel at home back in the fellowship hall as we, uh, fellowship together. Um, let's, uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what it means. We just, uh, um, just can't thank you enough for the willingness for, um, of Roy to serve this church, um, and Amber to serve alongside him. We just um, thank you for that so much, and we just ask you to to uh, be with Brother Roy as he serves. Just um, be with him. Give him the wisdom, the strength, and the courage to uh, to serve you in this church. To uh, to um, to do your work. To to be representative of uh, the church, and to um, just uh, give him the strength and the courage to do that. And we just ask you to uh, be with Amber and and uh, help him help Roy to do those things. We just ask you to be with their uh, family. Keep your hand over them. I know um, Satan will never leave a servant of yours alone. We just ask you to keep your hand over them, protect them, and um, just bless their lives for for being willing to uh, serve you. And um, we ask you to be with the food in the back. We just ask you to bless it to our bodies and our bodies to your service. In Christ's name we pray. 